Today is a fabulous podcast. Stu, I would say today is the big show. Yesterday was the pre-big show. We thought it was the big show. Yeah, we don't want to say that every, like every show we continue to hype as the greatest show right. to try to sell people on. But That's this one truly happening. is. We're just rating it that yeah, way. We're just rating it. Yesterday we were wrong. Sorry if you got sucked into that trap. Mm-hmm. Today we have Bill O'Reilly kind of gone, really went to a weird place with Bill today. Um... That's probably weird to even just say just that. We also talk about the sellouts in Congress. We explain exactly why Merrick Garland is now using the FBI to go after all those moms and dads, especially in Virginia or anybody that's questioning their school board. Um, and we have Victor Davis Hanson on to talk about the uh, the dying citizen what does it take to bring america back and my review of the new james bond movie all that and more on today's podcast you're listening to the best of the glenn beck program i want to bring in a real patriot Azra Nomani. She is the vice president for strategy and investigations at Parents Defending Education, where she is the editor of the Indoctrination Database and FOIA work. She's also the coalition, uh, the co-founder of Coalition for TJ, a group of uh, parents and community members in Virginia. She's a former reporter for The Wall Street Journal, co-director of The Pearl Project and co-founder of the Muslim Reform Movement. This woman has been fighting a good fight for a very long time. Uh, yesterday, she uh, uh, came out with a story that is so important as our FBI and the Department of Justice under Merrick Garland uh, are coming out and and looking for the terrorists that are the parents. Um, she her group got a tip that Merrick Garland might have a conflict of interest. And uh, she is with us now to explain. Ezra, welcome to the program. Ezra, are you there? Hear me? Yes, I can oh, hear you. Okay, Go. great, great, great. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for your kind words, too. But I was so looking forward to talking to you because you're an investigator. So you know how to follow the money and... Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that you would get this story and oh, you would understand yeah. how important it is. Oh, yeah. Okay, so let's let's go through. Um, yes. His daughter, Merrick Garland's yes. daughter, is married to, what's his name? Tanner. Uh, no, I know. I'm going to I'm going to make you it. go through this. Okay, no, I'm going to make you go through this. Um, this uh, this is just another example of how ridiculous it is. Okay. So his actual name is um, Alexander, but he goes by Zan. Because oh. uh, that's what every nickname is for Alexander, right? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, so his daughter, his name is Rebecca Garland, and the daughter grew up in, um, uh, you know, the comfortable life of her dad mm. and mom and went to Yale. And mm. then at Yale, she reconnected with an old childhood acquaintance, Van, and they got married, and it should have just ended there as a happy, you know, yeah, love great. story. Yes. Right. New York Times wedding announcement, the whole thing. And what's in the first paragraph? Of course, that her father, Merrick Garland, attended. And then a few paragraphs later, Sam was a co- co-founder of a company called Panorama Education. 
Panorama Education. That sounds epic. What do they do? Yeah, it sounds so tame, right? It's mm-hmm. just they pick the perfect, perfect disguise. It's a perfect Trojan horse. So let me just fast forward to the fact that we now have venture capitalists investing in Panorama Education. So it must be hot. Mm, yeah. And one of those investors is a man by the name of Mark Zuckerberg. Wow. So why, yeah, why would Mark Zuckerberg be interested in this like, education company based in Boston by a couple of Yale graduates? Because it is a data mining company. And what Panorama Education does is they use these fancy words called social and emotional learning. So just think, think about that like combination of words. So bizarre, social and emotional learning. What does that mean? Well, when my kid was small, it was just like learn to have critical thinking and have character and be nice to others. Mm-hmm. Now they are using it as an excuse to mess with kids' heads. And some of the questions in these, quote, screeners, that's mm-hmm. what they're calling their surveys, are things like, are you gender fluid? What's your position on race? Are you happy or are you sad? Literally, pa- parents are not even aware about these Okay, so, so here's the thing. Yeah. If you listen to Megan Kelly, she yeah. kind of talked about this, but she didn't know necessarily what it was. But exactly. her, stu- her child came back home and said, I'm asked right. if I still feel like I'm a boy. And they exactly. do it every week. Exactly. The- it's, from, it's from one company or the other. It is an industry. So Panorama Education is just the tip of the iceberg in this multi-million dollar industry. And let's be clear about what they are. They're government contractors. You know, they're not just an education company. They're not just like, oh, we're here for educa- child welfare. They are government contractors. And so Merrick Garland's son-in-law is profiting off the backs of our country's children. And, okay, so, and we're not talking little contracts, millions of dollars. Yeah, let me give you, let me get some facts here. Fairfax, yes. County, uh, yes. Fairfax County Public Schools signed quietly an $1.8 million contract with Panorama Education uh, for, their, for their screening where yes. they ask the students uh, questions of whether they feel sad or gender fluid, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. The, the Panorama Education staff gets status now as school <laughs> officials so they have a right to the private student data under federal law. Yeah, just just people need to just absorb what you just said. I mean, it's so dramatic. Contractors are getting status as school officials equal to teachers or principal school board members. And they are basically data scientists or even data nothing, you know, but just absorbing this information about kids. And Glenn, this is the breaking news headline for you, because I know you love breaking news. $1.8 million was this agreement in June. Nobody even knew about it. They started having board meetings, and they just mentioned, oh, we got COVID money, okay, over the summer. And guess what? We're going to spend it on this screener. So there was this vigilant mom who heard just this mention in a school board meeting, and she asked them, what is this screener? So that's how she got the information about the $1.8 million contract. And then she called us at Parents Defending Education and gave us the tip. 
But guess what? They then quietly signed another agreement, an addendum in September, raising the number to $2.4 million. Jeez. Yeah. That's one school mm-hmm. district. One yeah. school district. So but now... That the- happened in early September, and then within a month, um, I went to the school board, and I protested the wastage of this money, and days later, the school board association, you know, summons the FBI. I'm not saying it was because of me, but I know that they know that parents' eyes are on these contracts. And then we got this edict from Merrick Garland to shut us up. So here's the here's what I want you to know. The federal yeah. government is data mining our children. They are asking that they they themselves are allowing contractors funded by Zuckerberg uh, and Merritt Garland's son and daughter, son-in-law and daughter. It's their company. They're going into our school districts in the cover of night with the school board. They are getting this information. They are deeming the people who are processing this information as school officials so they can have access to all of this and share it with third parties without parental notification or consent yeah and so then what happened is that we raised questions about it and then they suddenly announced oh there's going to be an opt-out form that parents can sign but it wasn't available for days it wasn't even unclear who do you send it to and then guess what parents started filling it out and they then started getting emails literally asking, did you make a, quote, mistake? Are you sure you wanted to opt out as if these parents made a mistake? And, and you know, by the way, the opt-out date, the final yes. date is today, right? And, and Glenn, that- Glenn, can you believe that you know the opt-out day for a school district in Northern Virginia? But no. that's how important it is. That's, and you know the details matter. Yeah, uh, and I also know if people start looking into their own school board, yes. you're going yes. to find uh, you're going to find. Are there any other com- uh, companies yes. um, besides oh Panorama Education that people should be looking for? Oh, my gosh, this is so fantastic. So one other little nugget I want to just share with you and your listeners yeah. is that that Fairfax County Public Schools, we have discovered also shared information on all of the students before a single opt-out form was even presented to parents. This is so, evil. Yeah. So they got the student name, the student ID number, their class, and um, their school. And um, everybody needs to remember that the, this child, the market of children, as any parent knows, they spend a lot of money. We spend a lot of money on them. So this is a big market that, that companies want to understand. So let me tell you. So what happened is that this Eagle Eye mom also submitted a FOIA to find out who were the other bidders, because this one, of all things, mm. was, we actually had other bidders. And, and I'm going to name some of the companies. Okay. They weren't bidders in Fairfax County, but there's a company called Castle, C-A-S-C-L. They are huge in this business. C-A-S-T-E-L. C-A-S-E-L. E-L, Castle, okay. Yeah, Castle is a big company. Okay. Then, then we have um, another company that, um, they're all such, like, 
strange names that you kind of start forgetting what they are. Yeah. But um, but then New York University has a company, um, and they it's their education department. So you just have to look up if there's a contract with New York University. Um, and then we have uh, this other company that is culturally responsive, and they do they, you know so they make it all sound so good. So right? culturally responsive is the name of the company. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, and I'm going to get you a whole list. So okay, please do, know. and I will, yes. I will tweet it out today. If you're in the Fairfax County School District, your opt-out date ends today. You better get on the stick if this is the first time that you've heard about this. Um, this is, this is um, once again, our kids being sold for power and money. Uh, and you know, don't mess with my kids, man. Don't right. mess with my kids. And this is the 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 uh, kindest thing I could say is Merrick Garland, just this really brilliant guy that should have been on the Supreme Court, just didn't see the conflict of interest. Uh, yeah. You know, about uh, saying we're going to go after these parents who are standing up against these things with the FBI. When his daughter and son-in-law are making millions of dollars data mining the children in the very counties that he's saying we're going to have to send the FBI into. It's sickening. Yeah, what we've done now is yesterday we sent a letter to Senate Commerce Committee to ask for a hearing on this very important issue of big tech data mining our kids. And I hope everybody will support us. Like, write a letter to your senator or representative. Yeah. Because this, this matters. Because these surveys are then used, I hope everybody understands, as a way to make an excuse to get programs of indoctrination into the schools. Oh, our kids are sad. So yeah. we need to have some uplifting anti-racism training. You know, that's how they get their their programs in. It's a Trojan horse. Ezra, thank you so much. Uh, oh my if you, gosh, Glenn, thank you. If you want to find out more information, go to DefendingED, DefendingEd.org, DefendingEd.org. Every parent must be involved. Uh, We're getting that time of year when people are thinking about football and tailgating parties. Maybe you've got the game on the big screen. Friends and family are gathering around to cheer for their team and have a good time. All right. What's missing? Forget about the friends and the football. Food. Food. You don't have anything unless you have food and food right off a rec tech. Because while the game is going down, you've got thick, juicy burgers, hot dogs just minutes away from being ready. And every guest is going to end the game with a smile on their face, even if their team loses. Sorry, Stu. Eagles suck. Rec tech. It is the perfect blend of beautiful design and technological prowess in the grilling game. It has smart grill technology, so it tracks its own cooking and keeps the heat even throughout while you're monitoring from an app or a phone or your device. Rectech does all the work for you. Find out and A-B compare the best. Rectech, R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. Rectech.com. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. And don't forget, rate us on iTunes. Mr. Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com, where you can grab his uh, no-spin news every day. 
Um, it's nothing has changed, just the device. I mean, you're not watching it on uh, cable TV, um, but you're you're watching the same show that he's always done. And it is just as entertaining and just as smart. Um, Bill O'Reilly, welcome to the program. Beck, I need your help. I need your help. All right. And that hurts me. It hurts me to say it. Okay. Um, so I'm interviewing Donald Trump next week. Uh-huh. And I want to do a different kind of interview. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't want to have him venting about the election and, uh-huh. and all of that. Okay? Yeah. So I'm asking you, and I hope we can do this in the last three or four minutes of our uh, interview today, for suggested questions. All right. Let's, let's take that towards the end of the show, the bottom of the, uh, right. bottom of the hour. Okay. Bill. Yes. The, the 11 senators that saved America last night, the 11 GOP yeah. senators, um, people like Ted Cruz, Mike Lee, others all said, are you, ma- are you out of your mind? What are you doing? Uh, they were bluffing. Um, what do you think? Well, they let the Democrats have a little safety shoot. Um, But a lot of this stuff is not apparent to you or me or any other American. There's backroom dealing. And Mitch McConnell is the biggest backroom dealer, I think, probably in U.S. history. Yeah, that's the problem. Right. Right. So we don't know what the deal was with Mitch and the other 11. Right. The deal might have been you give us this extension. And we'll bring down the three point five trillion to two or no. one eight or something. No, like that's that. not a deal I want. That's not okay, a deal. That's I'll... fine, but I don't know if your precedent is really taken into account by Mitch McConnell. <laughs> no, I, I know that, but I, I mean, he should listen to the GOP. They, they are, they are. I'm sorry, the voters, not the GOP. The voters are done with this, and they don't want to aid and abet this uh, this uh, transformation of our country that's true that's true but the deal that mcconnell is making he's thinking four or five steps out yeah i am too um yeah i know i'm not saying i'm not sticking oh yeah you know it's no i'm gonna take it all out on you today yeah you can take it out i mean that's all right um i'm not sticking up for the turtle yeah i'm just telling you something that isn't reported or yeah, analyzed yeah 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 there are deals that are made. Okay, so tell no me the deal. That, tell me what selling your country out would be worth. <laughs> what, what, okay, what? Look, look, Beck, Beck, the big picture is this. These Democrats and the Biden administration want to turn the United States into a quasi-socialist state where the economy is run by the government. Yes. Everybody knows that. Yes. Okay? Right. And all 80 million Americans who voted for Biden are partially responsible for that. Yes. They're going to fail, but they could fail very quickly. If in the midterms of 2022, there is an overwhelming landslide for the Republican Party, okay? That's the only mechanism that stops the madness. Okay, O'Reilly, 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 wait a minute, just a second. Um, You're right about that. Of course. Unfortunately, in that $3.5 trillion bill are all kinds of infrastructure pieces do you remember the not going to get hang on oh yes they are no they aren't yes they are 
Um, do you uh, are, are, are do you you remember the uh, the song by Johnny Cash, "One Piece at a Time"? Mm-hmm. Okay, where he where he was building a Cadillac. He was working at GM, and he decided instead of buying a Cadillac because he could never afford it, he was going to steal it and take <laughs> it out in his lunchbox, one piece at a time. Took him like forty years, but he finally got a Cadillac that was a hideous monster. Right. That's exactly what's happening here. Every bill they pass, every bill they pass has another piece of the Great Reset. That's right. And you're absolutely correct. And I'm not arguing with you about that. I am saying once again, when you have 80 million Americans casting a vote for a man like Joe Biden, and they were warned by you and me and most astute commentators that you have to, you will suffer the consequences. And we are. But after every mistake, there is a remedy, and the remedy is next year. You're not going to stop the Biden administration from wasting trillions of dollars on equity, climate change, or whatever other nutty thing they come up with. There's no mechanism to stop it because the Republicans don't control either side of the House. And Manchin and Cinema, who are saving the country, the two Democrats who won't vote for the $3.5 trillion, they're under unbelievable pressure. And if the Republicans don't compromise a bit, they'll fold. They'll fold. And Biden will get the whole thing. So now what Mitch Boy is doing is saying to Manchin and Cinema, you know, we're not unreasonable. We will compromise a little bit. So you just hang in. And we'll get this thing done in a responsible way. Of course, it isn't responsible. You know, we have now a government wasting, literally wasting trillions of American taxpayer dollars. And that's not responsible, but it's never going to stop until the American people wise up. Right. And that's why they should vote John Barrasso in Wyoming out, Roy Blunt, Missouri, uh, Shelley Moore Capito from West Virginia, Susan Collins, John Cornyn from Texas. You're dead to me, John. Uh, Mitch McConnell, <laughs> Kentucky. Lu- uh, Lisa Murkowski uh, in Alaska. Hang on, hang on. Rob Portman right. in Ohio. Mike Rounds. Uh, Richard Shelby in, uh, in uh, Alabama. And Senator John Thune. Those okay. were the 11. So all of the 11 that voted for an extension um, of the debt ceiling, you want out. Okay. Yeah. I wish there Fine. was one more so I could technically call them the dirty dozen that were the right. saboteurs, but I can't. That's one shot. Jack, calm down now. Yeah. Stu, <laughs> just, just, uh, uh, do you have a, a wet cloth you can dab his forehead? Uh, we we can work on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I, I did some research today because you always ask me on Fridays, what is the most important story of the week? Yes. Okay? So I have something that no one knows about um, that is vitally important, and I'd like to tell you about All right. Go ahead. All right. The most important story in the United States this week is a quiz on BillOReilly.com. The quiz is called, Does It Make Sense? And there are 10 questions to the quiz, and I'm going to give it to you and Stu right now. It's a yes or no answer. That's it. This is the quiz. Are you ready to take it? Ready. First question. Does it make sense to allow millions of foreign nationals to enter the USA unsupervised? No. No. Okay. All right. Question number two. Does it make sense 
to abandon Afghanistan completely, leading to human rights abuses by the Taliban? No. No. Three, does it make sense to shut down the Keystone Pipeline just to turn around and ask Saudi Arabia to expand their oil sales? No. (laughs) No. Okay, three no's. Fourth question, does it make sense to support critical race uh, theory teaching in schools that divides children on a skin color basis? No. No. Question number five, for the federal government, does it make sense to spend so much money that inflation explodes? No. Does that make sense? Does not. Question number six, to support, does it make sense to support no bail laws that allow criminals to commit more crimes? No. No. Okay. Question number seven, does it make sense to be one of only seven countries in the entire world that allow unrestricted abortions? No. Does that make sense? No. Okay, question number eight. Does it make sense to oppose voter IDs? No. No. All right, nine. Does it make sense to say that white supremacists are a larger terror threat than jihadists? No. Does that make sense? No. No. And the final question is, does it make sense for a president of the United States to accuse his own country of systemic racism? No. Does it make sense? No. No. Okay. So you guys scored 100% on the quiz. You guys got them yes. all right. Thank you, thank you, thank okay. you. Now, now I, okay, wait a minute, wait yeah, a minute. All right. Okay, every one of those questions has been endorsed by President Obama. Right. Uh, President, and well, probably Obama too. Yes. But Biden. He's really every running it. Every one of them. Yes. And if you just see it in black and white, if you go to BillOReilly.com, it's in black and white, and download it. And send it to your liberal friends, the Biden people. Does any of this make sense? Ten questions. Simple man, simple questions. Okay. Once you see it, it becomes devastating. It becomes devastating that we have a president who is out of control and hurting the nation in every single area. So now, does it make sense? I've got a question for you. Yes. Does it make sense that those powerful 10 statements... Um, all came together out of incompetence or senility? No, no. It's it's. This is by design. All Absolutely. of those questions are by design. No, I Absolutely. don't mean that. No, I mean that the things that they're doing is by design. They didn't. Yes. This is not a coincidence. It's not just no. a horrible accident that the all of those one, things are happening. The only one that isn't by design is the Afghanistan withdrawal. So I don't think nope. the progressive disagree with said, you. Um, we're going to go in there and we're going to botch the withdrawal from Afghanistan so Biden will look terrible. That doesn't no, no, make no. sense. What they did was say, we are going to do things uh, that will separate America from her allies, show American military what they really are. And we're going to um, ignore the military experts, damn the consequences. Correct. Yeah, I mean, but I, I just I disagree with you guys. I don't think that was policy going in. Yeah, I think I, that was just just rank incompetence on a part of Biden. Yeah, I think so. I think he he did not listen to his military experts and pushed through all of their recommendations of common right, sense because he was getting because of the ideology pressure mm-hmm. from the Susan Rice's yes, of the world. Yeah, correct to you know get correct. out of here, be a that. big progressive hero. Okay, uh, but all the other nine are absolutely what the progressive left wants, and we have this befuddled president who does everything they want. I mean, that's the frightening situation. So he's got to be neutralized 
by the Republicans, and I don't believe they are the best guys and gals in the world, just as we were talking about at the top of the program. I mean, I'm not a big, oh, the Republican Party is so good. No. But at least they're sane. This, what we have now, is insane. The best of the Glenn Beck Program. Victor Davis Hanson, senior fellow, Hoover Institution, and author of The Dying Citizen. Ah, Victor, how are you, sir? Very good, Glenn. Thanks for having me on. I don't know if I'm looking forward to this interview or not, because you nail, you nail the problem. You nail the problem. Well, it's called a, it's called a dying, not quite. I didn't use the, the title dead citizen. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's 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 on a uh, it's it's on its last leg. It seems it's in uh, it's in intensive care. And I'm I'm wondering what we have to do to be able to save it. Well, you know, Glenn, if we've had this conversation, I was writing this book in the last two years of the Trump and I was worried, but had we had this conversation, then we would have said for all of the lawsuits and the subterfuge, the border is finally becoming, let's say by, I don't know, August, 2020 secure. And we had gone back to the idea that if you're going to come in the United States, you had to do so legally in measured fashion and preferably with a diverse immigration policy globally. Right. And I think we also, I think you would agree that, for all the, and I had been very critical, I know you had two of its spending out of control by yeah. Donald Trump's administration, mm-hmm. but we still had low inflation and low interest and low employment. And we didn't have people staying home or we didn't have the port of LA backed up beyond the horizon. And you could say abroad that the Abrams Ape Court had turned a new chapter in U.S. foreign policy. We were gradually starting to get out of Afghanistan. People had come to a consensus that now with energy and sufficiency, we're sufficient in energy. We don't have to have these optional wars in the Middle East that don't pan out in terms of blood and treasure for our interests, much less the people who fight them. So we were on a trajectory that I think was, you could call it a remediation or not a complete anecdote, but we were making some progress. And then we had this woke revolution, we had COVID, we had the economic voluntary recession, we had the George Floyd riots, we had this 102 million absentee ballot uh, election. And it just, and by the time I had finished the book, this was happening. And I was, I thought, you know, nobody wants to read about these abstract historical and cultural and social reasons why we lose citizenship. But then suddenly it's like, here wow, it is. You're writing about. There it is. Yeah, so, it's uh, I, it's really, it's really, truly terrifying how well orchestrated this has been. I mean, this is it's brilliant in the architecture of bringing us down to our knees. I think so. I think in the '60s, protesters threw rocks at the Pentagon, or yeah. they, you know, they threw paint on the corporate uh, logo at the at a corporate headquarters. Or they went and stormed the dean's office. But now those people, they are the dean. Yeah. They are the corporate. Correct. They are the general generals in the Pentagon. So Correct. this is a kind of a top-down uh, revolution. You know, it's, it's 
It's Phyllis Quellar's The BLM Co-Founder Marxist hmm. on Her Fourth Home. Yeah. Or Ibram Kendi charging us $20,000 $20, for an hour of indoctrination on Zoom per corporate person. That's so crazy. it's a very strange revolution. It's, it's among the elite taking these organic forces that have been going on, weakening the middle class, weakening the purchasing power of the middle class, destroying our borders, confusing residency with citizenship, and then re, you know, retribalizing so we identify by our race, our ethnic, rather than our common American identity. But that was, that was empowered by these elites that want to change the Constitution. They grew the administrative state. They unleashed people, you know, General Miley, James Comey, James Clapper, John Brennan, Eric Kleinsmith, Peter Strzok. And then we've got these people who all of a sudden, I don't know what happened, but 180-year filibuster is no good. 50-state union, 60 years, no good. 150-year tradition of nine justices in the Supreme Court, no good. 233 years of electoral college, no good. 233 years that the states have primary responsibility in national elections, no good. And that's the beginning. They're, they're questioning what, and today in the LA Times, somebody's questioning why, and I mentioned that in the book, actually, why we need two senators. Why not make them proportionally representative? Why should Wyoming or Idaho have any senators? Good heavens. Read the Federalist Papers. All of the answers yeah. are in that. Um, good heavens. Um, so where do we even begin? I mean, the, the, the average citizen is being taught a lesson. Um, they're being taught a lesson, get the vaccine and like it, and don't you dare say anything about it uh, or lose your job. There is no law. There is no Biden mandate. Nothing's been written down. This is just people, him suggesting it, and then everybody going, oh, there's a mandate. Um, they're yeah, being- and it's not even based on the science, Glenn. I mean, I know. if you have had COVID, we were, told you that, we were told that was an inadequate prophylaxis. Now we're told that natural acquired immunity is superior to vaccinations, but you still need to be vaccinated. So we've got these people in the military and hospitals, some of whom, a lot of them, 100 million people have had COVID. They have better immunity than vaccinated people. According to Biden, you have to have both, but maybe people like me that got vaccinated but didn't get COVID should now go out according to that logic and get real immunity by getting Right. I mean, it's, in, it's incoherent. Yeah. And it's, it, it's scary because... Uh, we're losing, uh, we're losing our minds. All of a sudden, we're we're tribe, we're firing people at UCLA who don't want to use race as a criteria to punish or reward students, or we're shutting down small businesses. But Amazon and Walmart and Target are are just exempt. Uh, we're putting people in jail for violating quarantine, but a thousand healthcare professionals swear that it's better for the mental health of the nation that BLM protesters be exempted from quarantine law. It doesn't, it's, it's asymmetrical is what I'm saying. We really saw that with Senator, I mean, uh, Senator Sinema in the bathroom incident where she was chased by those undocked and then on an airplane or when Chuck Schumer yelled at the Supreme court and said, we're going to make you pay Gorsuch and in front of a mob or they, they rush flake. And then you compare all of that to what they do to other citizens. It's so asymmetrical. And it's a weaponization of the FBI, the DA, the, the U.S. military top brass. The, the, the uh, FBI, CIA, the Capitol Police. FBI. I mean, it just, it just doesn't end. And they're sending the message 
sit down, shut up, do as you're told, or we'll destroy you. And um, it's really critical, in my opinion, that that we understand they're only doing that because they know you can be really, really effective. If all of us start to stand up and go, I don't care about your mandate. I don't care. Um, I, I don't care if you try to destroy me. I don't care. I believe these things are self-evident. Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. And those aren't the only rights. And I believe in the Bill of Rights. And I believe in the Constitution. And I don't believe that just because you're white, you have to pay for something that a bunch of white people you're not even related to uh, did 150 years ago. I'm not standing no, for absolutely. it anymore. I know. And you can already see indications of that, Glenn. I mean, suddenly... The Tony Awards, the Grammy Awards, the Oscar, they've just disappeared from the popular American mind. Nobody cares anymore. Those used to be national events to watch the Oscars 50 yeah. years ago. Nobody want, nobody watches the NBA. The only reason that exists is because of a $1.4 billion Chinese mar- a person, Chinese market, and the endorsements and the money that flows in. And I think people are kind of retreating to a monastery of their mind. They're They're tuning out network news or network programming or the latest going to the theater to see the latest Hollywood movie. And so they're starting to, and they're starting to resist. And I think that's, that's very scary. And I think the military, when we hear general Milley and general Oz, we're going after white rage and white supremacy, but they don't produce any data that support those really uh, inflammatory accusations. And then I, so I, I, when I heard that, I thought, okay, General Austin says he wants proportional representation in the military and or else. And Millie said, we're going to go after all these supposed young white people that are prone to supremacy. Let me look at the dead, the fatality statistics in Afghanistan and Iraq. And I, and I you look at them and they're 75 percent white males, not women, not minorities, white males who have died in those two wars. I'm thinking, according to their own logic, then they would say, well, we have to pull them out of combat because they've died disproportionately according to their percentages. Is that, is that the kind of country we want? But that's what, that's the trajectory that they're taking us to. And I think a lot of people are getting sick of it. It's, and it's just a question. I think it was going to be a big pushback in the midterms. I hope I see these Hispanic communities where I live in the central Valley, that uh, I think Mexican-American males voted 50% to recall Gavin Newsom, 43% of the Hispanic population. And then we see these border communities where Republican or conservative city councilmen and mayors are being elected. So something happened, I think, good to the... One of the things I mentioned at the epilogue is that the Republican Party is starting to shed the caricature that it's a a wealthy golfer's white blue-stocking... you know, right. sort of a Mitt, Rom- Mitt Romney party. It's more right. of a populist, nationalist, middle-class party. Except that offers hope. It, it does, except for, uh, you know, the uh, Mitch McConnells of the party that still seemed completely out of touch with the American people. And I want to I talk to you about that and also some of your solutions. Victor Davis Hanson, Senior Fellow, Hoover Institution. The name of the book is The Dying Citizen, How Progressive Elites, Tribalism, Globalization Are Destroying the Idea of America. So let me, let me ask you about what happened yesterday with the GOP, because I have to tell you, I don't, I don't see the GOP rallying around um, our Bill of Rights or our Constitution. 
and I see them seemingly just sitting on their hands. And then last night, 11 of them decide, yeah, they're going to raise the debt ceiling. <sighs> Thoughts on that one? Yeah, I, I think we're in a period of transition, but we've got an ossified leadership, especially in the Senate. But what gives me some hope is that I don't see a national, maybe you do because I'm maybe too naive, but I don't see a national campaign run on the principles of the old Republican Party. And that's a start. What I mean is nobody's going to say anymore, as Jeb Bush did, that uh, illegal immigration is an act of love. And nobody's going to say that the more that you uh, concede to China and bring it into the global community and overlook uh, cheating and uh, patent and, and copyright infringement, the more they're going to re- repay that magnanimity with reciprocal magnanimity. I don't think anybody believes that anymore. I just don't think anybody believes that you can write off the industrial heartland of America and say, well, the job's left because these guys are all opeds, these clingers and drags and deplorable. I don't think that's going to be, and that was pretty much, I think it was, what John McCain, that was the subtext of yeah. John McCain and Mitt Romney's yeah. campaigns. I mean, I voted for them, but I did it very reluctantly. Yeah. I thought, wow, these yeah. are always the people that, that I never felt I had anything in common with. But So I think there's been a change there that at least rhetorically <laughs> that m- people in this next campaign will, will run on the Trump agenda. Now, they may tweak it or not be sincere about it, but I don't mm. think anybody's saying we got to get back to the principles of Mitch McConnell and what maybe he did some good things with the outsmarted his rivals on judicial appointments, but I don't think that he's he and what he represents is what most people aspire to. Now it's just a question of how much damage you do in a realistic, pragmatic, short-term sense by getting rid of him versus who's going to report it and, and the interfraction squabbling why the Democrats are imploding. So I think there's a lot of people who say, well, there'll come a time for Mitch to step down, but right now do we want to have a big fight when these people are socialist and they want to destroy us and they seem to be destroying the country and themselves in the process. The, the problem is, is we've been down this road with the Republicans before. I know it. I and know they, it. they know say it. a good game. Well, we got to take care of this first. They don't ever mean it. They don't ever mean it. No, they don't. That's why I'm not a Republican. I'm right. not a registered Republican right. just for that reason. And I was, I was shocked though, that, they really did do certain things under Trump that I didn't think they would do. I didn't think they would actually rebuild that rickety wall and start to rebuild some new air, uh, build some new areas. I never thought they'd do that. I thought that was all going to be rhetoric. And I never thought that, uh, that we would go into Anwar or say that we want gas right. and oil on right. federal lands. I didn't, or deregulate. Dere- I never thought that. Way. I know. Well, that was really, I don't think that was Republicans. I think that was Donald Trump. Most of it. Uh, Victor Davis Hanson, thank you so much for being a uh, part of the program today. Thanks for everything that you do. The uh, the author of the book, The Dying Citizen, uh, I believe it came out just this week, The Dying Citizen, How Progressive Elites, Tribalism, and Globalization Are Destroying the Idea of America. Common Sense. And you need to pick the book up. Na, 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 na.